Welcome to the Education Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Kurt Palmer, and joining me today is Malik Walsh, who is the CEO of Education Tech Specialists. Welcome to our show, Malik. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate that. And as we get started, maybe you could uh, maybe give us a little bit about Ed Technology Specialists and and maybe describe your role at the organization. Sure. Um, I'm a full-time teacher. I've been teaching for over 15 years at a public school in New York, and I've always been heavily involved in educational technology. And this organization we started about three years ago, uh, our main purpose was really to provide teachers with some real quality professional development in learning about all of these new apps, tools, and trends that have been coming out in educational technology. As you know, the rate that these uh, developments are coming out is very, very quick, very fast. And there's a gap, I feel, between the new apps and technologies and the knowledge of teachers and how to use them. So, So to answer your question, I'm the founder and CEO. Uh, we offer online classes to teachers around the nation, really. And our main goal is really twofold. It's to reach students by training teachers. And also and another part of our organization is we do a lot of uh, charity work to support communities around our schools. Yeah, and I understand that it's a small team at Ed Technology Specialists, so it sounds like you do a lot of different things. Maybe you could just talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. Well, yeah, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, uh, I do. I wear many, many different hats. It's been a tremendous learning experience. Uh, we have a small team. I have um, Kelly Fitzgerald. She's an amazing instructor. She helps me with uh, curriculum and instruction. She's a director of that. Um, so she helps us really critique and revise and approve courses that we offer. Uh, other than that, I, I do that with her. I, I do a tremendous amount of marketing. I also have someone that helps me with that. I do all of the operations, meaning it's run pretty much like a university. In fact, we have a partnership with the university. So everything that a registrar does at a university, I'm doing that. <laughs> um, and I do the marketing and, of course, the business operations and finances. And lastly, I also am an instructor. That's how we started. I was started by myself as the only instructor. And now we have a team of eight or nine amazing educators that are also instructors. So besides running the business, I also teach five courses to students around the nation regarding the technology. Sounds like you need a little more than 24 hours in a day. <laughs> I do. Since you've been in this industry for some time now, I imagine you've seen a lot of different things, a lot of different trends emerging. So maybe you could speak to some of those trends that you've seen in the industry over maybe like the past year, for example. Well, over the past year, there's so many new trends that come out all the time. It's kind of hard to keep up with them. Google has continued to be a dominating force in educational technology. Um, I think they offer amazing, amazing tools. Uh, it's hard to keep up with them knowing everything that comes out. One thing in particular, for instance, I can't obviously speak about everything, but they're really moving into Google Earth, Google Tour Builder. These are basically virtual field trip or virtual reality type of apps that uh, schools are delving into, especially schools that adopt Chromebooks. Allow, allow, they allow students to basically travel the world virtually. Uh, another app that's been, become very, very popular is called Flipgrid. It allows students to, to make quick recordings, video recordings of themselves and basically work in a collaborative environment 
answering questions with themselves and teachers. Um, and, and there's many other apps, but there's really an overarching, I think, trend that's more than just all the new apps and technologies that are coming out. And, and that's really just the, the pendulum is swinging a little bit back to what is sound pedagogy? What is What does good teaching look like? How do we really reach students? Because it's one thing to master all of these new apps and technologies, and there's so many of them, and they are really amazing. But it's another thing to really dig deeper and figure out how these tools are going to help students. And I think uh, leveling the playing field has been a recent I wouldn't even call it too recent, but it's been a goal, I think, of a lot of educational technology companies and even government programs. Some of these tools are free, and they've allowed the playing field to be leveled for students. Um, For instance, students who do not have textbooks in a poor school district, now they have all of this information at their fingertips in lieu of textbooks uh, through the internet. That's just one example of how technology, I feel, is doing that. So it sounds like it's less about, you know, what products or projects, as you said. And I understand that you actually have, with the courses you offer, have gotten to the point of a a master's degree program. Can you speak to that? Sure, sure. So many things to talk about. I don't want to sound like I'm all over the place, but I think it's a a twofold kind of mission we have. Mission number one is providing really good quality professional development for teachers so they really can reach their students. But Furthermore, mission number two, teachers and people want something in return for these courses. A lot of, a lot of, um, teachers around the nation take these courses just to maintain their license. But the courses we offer are really at that higher level where we wanted teachers to be able to get a degree by taking the courses. And that's been a recent trend, getting micro credentials or getting online badges uh, for professional developments. I think that's becoming more and more popular. Teachers get these. Um, Google has a lot of them, for instance, a Google educator, Google certified educator, Google certified trainer. And with our courses, uh, we were lucky enough to have partnered with Andrews University, and we're working on a master's degree program. And hopefully by the end of this year, after teachers take a certain amount of credits with our courses, they will get a master's in educational technology. And I think that is something that uh, teachers are looking for, besides the quality of the professional development, recognition for it. And we're really happy about that right now. That should probably happen by the end of this year or next year. Well, I'm sure the teachers themselves are quite receptive to this and uh, probably have been wanting and needing things that extend beyond their normal professional yes, development, definitely. as you say. Maybe you can speak to and, and tell us about the uh, the work that you're doing with charities um, as it relates to the use of technology in the classroom. Absolutely. When I started this company about three years ago, actually a little less, but still very new, one of my motivating factors was, again, big picture kind of goals. Um, it's not all about running a business and getting money. It's it really there's there's a higher motivation. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I became a teacher fifteen years ago. I wanted to do meaningful work. Of course we have to bring in revenue to run the, the organization. But a lot of that revenue we've been donating since day one. Um, in fact one of the charities I will mention, we, we donate to more than one charity, but one of them is called Island Harvest. We we visited their site. They are the largest food they're a large organization on Long Island that help out children in need, veterans in need, the elderly, anyone who is basically hungry. And Island Harvest, they have a, a kids weekend backpack program, lunch program, I, I apologize. And they, uh, they send thousands of students every Friday across Long Island. They send thousands of them home with uh, free food 
for children who are in need. So I feel it like it's more than just about education. Obviously, that's a part of it, but it's really the whole child kind of philosophy. And Island Harvest and some of the other charities we donate to really support people who are in hunger and other people who are in need. And we're really proud to be part of that. Really proud to be part of that. Well, that sounds great. And I'm sure the uh, the folks there that benefit from that appreciate it very much. As you think in terms of the this the overall industry and, and technology and education and what you're doing and what the rest of the industry is doing, uh, what do you see on the horizon, whether it's challenges or opportunities or or just other things that, that affect the work that you and others are doing? Well, it's this, funny that you use space. the word challenge and opportunity because I think I see both. The challenge is the rate at which technology is progressing. And of course, it presents an opportunity as well. It's challenging because even someone like me, who is heavily involved in this industry, who is always reading blogs, who is heavily active on Twitter. There are so many new technologies that come out every week, every day for teachers that the average teacher is completely overwhelmed. And a lot of them kind of just shut off and they just want to stick to the same way they've been teaching forever because I think part of it is they're overwhelmed and afraid to change. And the fact of the matter is they don't have to know all the new technologies. I don't know all the new technologies. It's impossible to keep up with it. I think what people have to realize is it's okay to try new things. And there are lots of technologies that are coming out every day. The virtual reality, for instance, that's to specifically answer your question, there's virtual reality technologies that are coming out that can really empower students and engage them in a way that they were never engaged before and really get them excited about learning and excited about education. And after all, that's really what we're trying to do. But training the teachers on these technologies is the challenge. And of course, that presents an opportunity for us and really for for anyone who wants to be in this field. Teachers are going to need a tremendous amount of new training to keep up with the technology. But in the end, it's all for the greater good. I really feel that way. I'm not, you would think that someone like me is probably a complete zealot when it comes to educational technology, but I'm not. I don't think it's the end all be all, but I do think it's an amazing area of growth. It's going to be changing. It's changed so much in the past five or 10 years. It's going to continue to change. It's certainly a challenge to keep teachers knowledgeable about the trends. And again, I believe, I really do believe it's for the greater good. I, I think the classrooms are going to be much more engaging, uh, much more of a level playing field for all students across the nation and even the world. And I'm really excited about it. Do you find that the introduction of new technologies is a combination of those teachers who happen to be aware of and a proponent of a particular tool or app or software are, are themselves introducing this and then that gets adopted by the school or the school system wide? Or is it more the case that the schools are evaluating these technologies and sort of deploying them and asking the well, teachers? Well, that's, that's, that's a loaded question, but it's it's a great question. And I really think that it depends on where you work. It might, it might sound like an obvious answer, but it's a true answer. I work in a school district. I'm very lucky to work in a school district where the school itself, the district itself, was ahead of the curve with these technologies. We had a Google Chromebook initiative four years ago, and pretty much every student in our district, and we have, I think, three or 4,000 students, um, is a one-to-one Chromebook situation from sixth grade on. And so it, so that's, it's been top-down from in our district, uh, but there are individuals like myself and many of my coworkers who dove deep into it to really 
learn the ins and outs and take advantage of it. I feel like in other districts, it's the opposite. Um, it depends on where you are. In, in some instances, a lot. I think social media is a huge part. Uh, getting onto Twitter was life changing for me professionally because I think that's where a lot of these, um, a, a, where a lot of this happens. Maybe a teacher in a district where the district is not really they're behind the curve regarding technology. It'll take a, a teacher leader in that district to show the administrators and show the students and show the co- coworkers all the amazing things going on. And then they lead the district. I think either way, and this was another motivating factor for me 10 years ago when I really started getting into te- educational technology. I think coming to the realization that technology is not going anywhere, whether you like it or don't like it. I mean, I think most people can find pros and cons, of course, to everything with technology and educational technology. But the fact of the matter is, it's not going away. So learning how to use it and owning it and and showing students how to use it and own it, I think is a much better strategy than being dragged along. Yeah. And as you pointed out earlier, I think the whys of of using the technology as well as how to use it are, are quite important. And And it sounds like whether whether a district is creating the need and, and identifying the, the, the tools to be used or, or individual teachers are, the bottom line is that technology is absolutely going to be part of a, part of a school experience. Uh, 100%. Both, I know, totally agree with and that. Teachers. And um, like you said, the whys versus the hows, even my organization, speaking of trends and some of the other questions you asked, some of the classes we're offering in the future and now and developing are concentrating a bit more about that, a bit more about why should we use this technology? How is the technology really helping students in the classroom as opposed to just tutorials on how to use uh, Google Slides, for instance? So I think understanding your your overarching goal, the deeper meaning of what this is all about is more important than just uh, XYZ app that came out last week and ABC app that came out this week. Well, Malik, this is great information, and uh, we appreciate you sharing it and uh, for joining me today. Well, thank you so Uh, much for having me. uh, It was great speaking to you as well. Thank you. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries. 